historic mission of speaking truth to power. If you're searching for the truth, facts, and unfiltered news and in-depth analysis, help us stay as vigilant as always by supporting KPFA today. Greetings. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3.30. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover with Javelin Richards. Welcome to Cover to Cover with Javelin Richards at Javelin's Bistro, bringing you every third Wednesday the arts, whether that's a film, literature, a play, a book, or movie. I share that with you for 28 minutes. Before I began the show with my guests here in the studio with me, I want to announce that every third Monday, starting this coming Monday, March 20th on Women's Magazine, we're bringing you a new format. It's a live call-in show called The Space Between Us. The show is a international conscious raising group for women all over to discuss the issues, the love, whatever's between us that we can unpackage and connect with one another so that the next time there is a million women's march the women standing next to you you have a sense of their stories and becomes personal the symbol we're using is the rubik's cube so if you think about it on its axle as it moves and turns moves and turns colors coming next to each other we're going to tell each other our stories. And on Monday, uh, Judy Gron will be here, and we're going to talk about uh, the white and black women. And it's only stories, non-political, it's just talking. Today on Cover to Cover, Javelin's Bistro, we're going to be talking with Patricia Milton about her premiere play, Without Mercy. The play is uh, in San Francisco off-Broadway with theater, uh, theater company, Off-Broadway Theater Company, and hopefully Richard, the artistic director, will be joining us. But right now, I want to welcome Patricia here to talk about Without Mercy. Now, the play itself is uh, Joanna. This is the, the narrative of the play. Joanna is devastated to learn her daughter, Mercy, who disappeared six years before, was murdered. Returning home from alcohol rehab, Joanna finds her surviving daughter, Bethany, bent on a personal agenda. Bethany has hired a legal advocate and insists on supporting a plea bargain for Mercy's killer. Their clash of deep-seated beliefs pits Joanna and Bethany against each other, and long-held resistments erupt around the family's tragedy. Their advocate, Sam, swears he's neutral, but his actions contradict his claim. Piece by piece, the truth unfolds as the past collides with the present. Challenged by a terrible trade-off, the three struggle to reach a resolution. And that's without that's called Without Mercy, showing Off-Broadway West Theatre Company in San Francisco. Hi, Patricia. Hi, Javelin. Thanks for having me. You're absolutely welcome. First of all, it's really interesting. The play is premiering now, and just this week they're debating on the execution of eight men in, I think it's Florida. So this is such a timely piece that's going on. What was the inspiration of this play for you? 
Well, I have to say I was very interested and have been interested for many years in the death penalty and the situation that our country, the United States, is one of only a few of the larger countries in the world that allow it, including Iran, China, you know, very repressive regimes that have the death penalty, and then also the United States. And philosophically, I'm against the death penalty. I also feel that our quote-unquote justice system, the way that it's set up, there's not a way that makes the death penalty risk-free as far as making sure that innocent people do not get killed. And in fact, 166 people over time have been exonerated in the United States from death row. So all of this was very interesting to me. Uh, and, and in California, of course, we just voted to speed up the death penalty. And that's California. We consider ourselves very enlightened yeah. in this state, but we did vote to go ahead and hurry up all the killings that we have scheduled. What was fascinating for me, I, I was able to, I came to the show for, in the, uh, the matinee show on Sunday. And I, I heard the backstory about what you just said, the death penalty. What I did not anticipate is that all of this was going to unfold in a living room. And it wasn't just about the death penalty. This was layered with so many emotional questions about people and how, for me, the takeaway as an audience member. And there's these aha moments I can't even talk about on air that we say death penalty, but there's, like, the advocate does have an agenda. But it was unexpected. I had never considered that reason he might have. He had two reasons that came up. And it all takes place in the living room with three people. What was the choice around that? And, and the mother's addiction, how did that play into it as well for you, the writer? It's very interesting to me that there have been a number of pieces. There's a play called The Exonerated. There's Dead Man Walking is the movie. Right. Um, and it focuses on the person who is accused, either the killer or the innocent person who is accused. And I think that that's harrowing. It's a very interesting story. But to me, the way our system is set up, the family, the family of the victim through the death penalty is re-victimized by be being forced to make these moral choices by being promised that they will get resolution or they will get closure if they see somebody killed in their name. And I felt I, I couldn't stay up in my head with my own ethical considerations about the death penalty I needed to get down in the emotional part of it to show this family wrestling with this problem and you do show that and there's these as i was driving here thinking about interviewing you and richard harding the artistic director i kept wondering how can i talk to you when there's these aha moments i don't want to spoil <laughs> for folks coming to the show and they're totally unexpected like I, I want to know I want to ask but I can't but I will say to the audience you I did experience in moments not liking the mother 
I didn't like her behavior. I didn't like her attitude. I didn't like her control. And then all of a sudden I liked her. I cared for her. I had empathy. Then there was moments I didn't like the daughter, her control, (laughs) the same issue. So it kept moving around until you started to understand. Like you said, this is at the heart of it. This is family trying to figure out their position and the system's position. And I love Sam. Thank you. Well, I feel like... um Addiction in the family, there is addiction. So Joanna is returning home from rehab. And I do feel like sometimes there, inside a family, there may be an addiction to something like revenge. Joanna has substituted revenge for alcohol. And so her, she's stuck. These people in the, in the show are stuck in these cycles and kind of unable to pull themselves out of it? How are they going to reach resolution? They're deep in their pain throughout the play. And it just asks the question, is the death penalty the way to help these people get out of their pain? And I don't know that I provide any answers, but personally, I think probably not. I think not as well. And I know that Yesterday, I was thinking, I was, I love um, the way set designers design sets and just sitting in the audience waiting for people to come on stage because this is their home. We're in their living room. And as of yesterday, I was still wondering, like, what happened? Like, what happened later? You know, so that's, that's the good writing. That's a good artistic director that you continue to wonder what happened to those people beyond at night a year later and that's good writing thank you so you have a long history though of wonderful uh establishments as a as a playwright you're with the you're a resident you're doing a residency here in berkeley that's right with central works theater and i'm what, their resident playwright and what does that mean to okay that's, that's right. yeah. Yeah, what good does that question. mean how does that happen you just we, you wake up and you're, what do you do? Well, I've worked with them so far on three different plays. Okay. So I worked with them on Reduction in Force, which was about the economic meltdown. Uh, Enemies Foreign and Domestic, which was a refugee a story and a story, again, about a family. And I did, last year I did Hearts of Palm, which was about the unregulated capitalism uh, as a, as it applies to the palm oil industry. And they like my work. I love working with them. And so they asked me to be their resident playwright, which means that I can go to them with a project and they'll support me with dramaturgy and casting and they'll put on my shows. So I'm very grateful to them. That must be wonderful. They're a fantastic company. Yeah, I've seen so many work in the past before they moved to where they're at now. Uh, there was a, a building space, a women's building or something, not okay. women's building, but there was some other space that they were inside of Berkeley and not, then they moved in there. There. So when you're, you were there at the matinee on Sunday, you just got back from New Zealand. What's it like for you to sit and watch these people that you have nurtured from your head to your heart to paper and handed it over? 
to Richard. Well, I have to say, Javelin, I go through the same ups and downs as you do. Usually at the beginning of the show, I'm very nervous. And so as a playwright, you write, when you write a play, your script is kind of a blueprint and you hand it over to the architects, right? So after that, once it's on stage, that's, that's, uh, your script is being embodied by those people and they bring so much to it. And so, but, but I'm out of the picture as far as I'm the generative artist, but then I'm out of the picture as far as bringing the show to mm-hmm. life. So I'm usually very nervous. I've lost all control. <laughs> but, of course, as you saw, the cast is fantastic. And for me, I get caught up in the story. I do. I get caught up in the story. The story is very interesting to me. You listen to Cover to Cover, Javelin's Bistro, and my guest is Patricia Milton. She's the playwright uh, Without Mercy, which is playing at the Off-Broadway West Theater Company in San Francisco. And there are two more weeks of the shows? Two more weekends, yes. Six performances, so Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. Okay. So it's out of your hands. You're sitting in the audience. Is there anything you witnessed in the play that, as a playwright, the, the, the creator of the story, you thought, I forgot, or I should have known. Is anything you wanted to put in, or take out, or add any voice of the people you live with that you said I should have given her these words to say in this moment, and they're not there, and the audience doesn't know they're not there, but maybe they'll feel it's not there. It's very interesting. I talk to people after the show, and a couple of people have made suggestions for changes and i have already actually tweaked the script in some ways so i have added some lines and subtracted some lines like what's an example of that uh oh well (laughs) one example is i i now have joanna say i want him dead i want him dead Joanna is the one who who wants the the death penalty the mother yes back from rehab that's right uh Okay, and I won't even tell that part of the story. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, when I think back, everything about her body was saying I want him dead. So I'm thinking, I thought I heard that, but indeed I didn't. That's right. That's right. I think she needs to say it. I think I said it in a more roundabout way, and she's such a forceful person. I think she would say that. Okay. So, anyway, so I have done some rewriting on it already because it made sense to you Mm -hmm. to rewrite that Mm -hmm. what about sam's character did anything come up for him i must say in watching him the actor and uh, richard would know i don't have his well i I don't want to ruffle through my papers but he was quite settled in his character he was very believable in just the subtle movements to the larger movements very controlled in a very powerful way. So I found him to be fascinating. I think Sam is very fascinating because Sam is, in a way, he's wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. So throughout at least part of the play, he is using logic and he's trying to stay unemotional and to stay neutral in this very visceral fight that's going on between the mother mother and daughter. daughter. Right. 
But what Ian Walker brings to that character is an under, like an undertow, where every once in a while you can see that he has his own agenda behind the mask that he's showing, mm-hmm. and that some of this fight or this conflict that's going on is in fact bringing up his emotions for him as well mm, mm. it's very clear between the mother and the daughter from the very beginning the very first glance of them on stage is this is zero tolerance and anyone out here mother and daughter stories that are listening if you want if you have a hard mother daughter story and you want to throw a, a, a tough mother daughter conversation between them like the death penalty and your sister's been murdered then you got it and this is a story but here's the thing it is layered with emotions that even if you took the subject matter away there's all these emotions you experience between the two that it would have been any kind of subject like should we get cheetos <laughs> should we get cheetos or should we get fig newtons that would be enough for these two to go at it with that kind of intensity so here is the good news instead of elvis has left the building <laughs> richard the artistic director has entered the building <laughs> he has entered the building and so well, welcome Richard I know I know I know I know it was a drama I didn't know there are two Martin Luther King <laughs> streets in really? the Bay Area really? I was in Oakland I came up here I'm on my way to Berkeley right and the, the street numbers are going up, up. It's 5,000, 6,000. I'm going, oh, I'm going the wrong direction. So I turn around and I go, it must be in Oakland. I go all the way back in all the disconnected streets. Yeah. So. Deep breath, Richard. I'm yeah, here. You are here. Hello. Hello. So <laughs> I don't know if you had a chance to hear while you was driving where no. we're at. Okay. So we, I've been trying to avoid some of the aha moments in the play of i want course, to talk yeah. i want to talk to the audience listening audience yeah. i want to tell them that this play is full of aha what the heck who did what why um but i can't because those are the gems when right. you're sitting there in the dark with people and so let me ask you this question why, why this play for your theater company. If you just give us a quick blurb of the theater company, right. its history, and then why this play now with the death penalty right here in our face and eight people may be killed next week because their expiration date on the little right. thing. So tell right. us about Off-Broadway, West. Well, first of all, yeah. this was very fortuitous for us. I mean, Off-Broadway, West Theater Company has been in business for nine seasons. Um and I will say we've been extremely successful artistically, but it doesn't fill your bank account. So we had to take a year off hiatus, financial hiatus. And then we decided to come back with a campaign, the Indiegogo campaign. And we had a campaign uh, number of $10,000 and we were able to raise 9600 which was very good. Meanwhile, I had seen two plays that Patricia had done at Central Works, and she's an absolutely brilliant writer i can't say enough about her ability as a writer playwright very two very entertaining plays that you know she writes political satire a lot and it's very funny and we had talked earlier because i wanted 
to work with her. And she says, well, I'll write you a play. I said, that's great. And then she told us what it was going to be about. And I was even more intrigued because my whole purpose in theater is to make people think and talk, evaluate, understand, broaden their worldview. And I knew she would write it. And there's some elements of humor to it. <laughs> and you have to catch it. But That it, it, is true. Right. Just, just the situation between the mother and the daughter is, right. can be very funny. Right. Um, but this is very important um, because, as I always tell people, there is no right and wrong in this issue in terms of where you stand. Um, you have to respect people's points of view because it's based on their experiences or their view. And then you have to deal with public policy. And public policy is is that, you know, in some states you have the death penalty and in some states you don't. Uh, so I never really get into a I'm right or you're wrong kind of thing. And so this was very intriguing for me because this is a personal thing for the family, a mother and a daughter, and they're on opposite sides of the spectrum. And so I found that very intriguing. And as, as a result, we've got this incredible play. She's written a brilliant piece of work. And we have people who do two things. At the end of the play, they just sit. They're stunned. Because they've really had to think and confront their feelings. And then they applaud. And then when they walk out of the theater, we just get all these wonderful kudos. And it has been artistically successful, again, for our theater company. Uh, we've gotten three five-star reviews. Yes, the reviews are fantastic. I think that probably part of the experience for the people in the audience when they realize that Whatever their position was, they, it may have shifted or it may reveal itself to them a different way. It's because of the emotional landscape between the mother and the daughter right. and Sam sort of holding space with his own story. You can see, as you said earlier, Patricia, he's wearing this mask. and You can almost see him trying to break out that mask. And there's a... It brought to me levels of understanding about the choices around the death penalty we don't even consider. And those are some of the aha moments the audience will get when they sit in the seats and go, what the heck? What the heck? And we don't know that. We have no idea what families have gone through, the victims, the, the victims. Six years this family has been waiting and find out their daughter indeed was murdered. And now they have to come to a decision in that much time just because of the system. So I, so it's a very intimate theater, 55 yes. seats, which is so nice. I really yeah. appreciate that, the intimacy the intimacy of the theater. Right. Two more weekends. Yes, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. 30, okay, and I meant to ask you when I was there Sunday, is it possible that you would give two seats away? Is it possible that we would give two seats away? Yeah, as part of KPFA. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. That's not a problem at all. Okay. Patricia, you choose a number, and the number caller, and that person will get 2-6 to see Without Mercy that's playing this coming weekend. And Friday, you said Friday? Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay, 8 o'clock, be there at 7.30, house opens at 7.45. And great. And where can they get tickets for those who are not going to be the lucky winner? What number are you going for, Patricia? Number three. <laughs> number three caller number. will get free tickets to the show and whatever night they choose. Right. And it's a really wonderful little theater. And as the stage said, it's so gorgeous. But for the other folks that's not number three, what can they do? Okay, they can do one of three things. They can go to Brown Paper Tickets. Okay. They can go to Gold Star. Uh, or they can uh, show up at the theater, and we take cash or check, 
No credit cards, but we take cash or check. And, um, yeah, we want butts in the seats. Yeah. We think people really need to see this play. And, yeah. And uh, it's very important. Yeah. And they'll it, it see the play, experience the play, live with the play, as I was sharing with Patricia earlier. Even afterwards, I think yesterday, I was thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, what happened to them? I mean, that's a good theater. That's a good art- a writer and artistic director. That's when you think about the family, the story, even afterwards. Patricia, what's going on for you after this? Working on a play right now called Carpetbaggers, which is based on a true story of an, an antiques roadshow appraiser who defrauded a, an antique collector out of a, a million dollars worth of Confederate memorabilia. And just that, I, the very idea <laughs> threw me for a loop, and I had to write about it. I definitely have to have you on the air to talk more because you're, you're just the way you pull or, or, or stories come to you to put in a play form. There's a lot to talk about within, like we have five minutes left. Um, so that's just not enough to say to you, where <laughs> is this coming from? Like, how is that happening? And so when you started working, Richard, with the script itself, was there things about it that was that was possibly disturbing for you? Was there things that you, that opened you up in a different way as an artistic director and some of the decisions you were make that you wanted to make? Surprisingly, not at all. Um, I mean, I have very, I've changed my view of the death penalty two or three times and I triangulate my attitude about it. It depends upon the crime, it depends upon how the person did it, what they did, what their intent is. Um, the thing with us, was that it was very ironic that the lead actress, who's the mother, Joanna, personally is against the death penalty. And that's a very interesting thing for an actor to play the opposite. Really? And Patricia's against the death penalty. And as she wrote an incredible, balanced view. Um, for us, as we work, we do a lot of script analysis. First, you hire great actors. That's the first thing. You hire great actors. They know how to do the work. And it makes it very, very... Uh, very very good for us um we had a wonderful rehearsal period i don't let playwrights in my rehearsals so that says a lot about patricia and we sat there every night and we just laughed and giggled and if somebody needed something to change she was more than willing to change it because we deal on logic and the logic of the behavior of the character and so we do script analysis from the first table read all the way through rehearsal so every line Every line is supported. Every point of view is supported. And we really delve into who these people are. So the actors become these people on the stage. And so then you have a sense of truth. And that's what draws the audience in so much because it's close quarters in the theater. You're right on top of the action. It's like you're eavesdropping on somebody's home. Mm -hmm. And then these people get such powerful personal performances that you forget that these are just actors. And, and the good news is there is those moments of, of giggle, laughter, right. that you it, they almost run by you because you're so deep into it. Like, right. I was so deep into the the design set is so nice and yeah. cozy. It's just this per- cozy feeling, and all of a right. sudden, all baluka breaks out. Right. Well, the thing is, is the beginning of the play is where the humor is because of the dysfunctional relationship between the mother and the daughter. And the mother's ridiculous behavior because she's left rehab and she's a dry dunk. And so she's really nuts. And um, and then the daughter is a psychologist. So there's really, you know, two different things at work there. Right. Yeah. And my takeaway was that the daughter's a psychologist, 
my takeaway that yeah. this is for all of us to go to theater. What the artistic director and the writer says is one thing, but what we say in the coffee shop, that's right. The daughter is the last kind of therapist you want, in my opinion. <laughs> But she's wonderful. <laughs> I want to thank yeah. Patricia and Richard. Thanks for getting here. Yeah. It's a wonderful play. Run out and see it. Number three, you're going to have a wonderful time. And whoever you bring, without mercy. And just let them let us know that they're coming. Yeah, let them and know at the door. Tell us that yep, they that got this. You heard it on KPFA. And you're there to pick up your tickets. And this is Off-Broadway West Theater Company, Without Mercy, by Patricia Milton, Artistic Director Richard Harding. Enjoy. Bye-bye. It's been Javelin. Thanks, Javelin. The movie? No, not the movie, but the one you're living in. If so, then hang out with your friends at the Full Circle. What's the Full Circle? Full Circle is a radio show written, produced, and directed by apprentices right here at KPFA. We'll bring you everything from the obscure to the obvious, the hidden and the blatant, as well as all things in between. So be informed. Hear about your world community every Friday night from 7 to 8 p.m. on 94.1 FM, where we'll serve you the red pill with love.